Is your faith worth dying for? Real Life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelists Ann and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you will hear from Muhammad Faridi, who was on our previous show, who was a Muslim who wanted so much to die as a martyr, he became a jihadist. Mm. You know, I never understood people who died for their faith, to be honest with you. Mm. Even when I became a Christian, I was thinking, wow, how does this work out? Do I die for my faith? And So there's a little bit of confusion for me. Yeah, well, when I was an atheist, I thought that was really weird. You know, Mm -hmm. as an atheist, I looked at religions and religions that, you know, had some type of requirement or even a thought of people dying for their God, Mm. what seemed a little strange to me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely didn't get it. Now, today it's a little different. You know, I've been looking into it a lot and to my personal faith as a Christian. But, you know, you're going to hear from our next guest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been talking to people like him. And he's going to share about how he really felt that he needed to die for his Islamic faith Mm -hmm. in order to guarantee his entranceway into heaven. Mm. And that's an interesting thing. And so, you know, he felt along with others that they need to die for their religion in order to guarantee that they get some type of acceptance from their deity. Mm. And Christians, Christians also die as martyrs, but it is quite different Mm. because for Christians, Christians don't die in order to get some type of acceptance from God. Mm -hmm. Their aim is not to die to please God. Their aim is to spread the message of the love of God. Mm. And so many are so committed to that work, even though there is an opposing force or groups of forces that don't like that message Mm -hmm. and will kill, you know, to get them to be quiet. Those people are still remaining faithful to share the love of God, to share his message and therefore end up as being martyrs because they're committed to share the message of the love of God. Mm. And so, you know, that's really a big thing about Christianity and martyrdom for Christianity yeah. is because it's trying to bring love about to another people group. Yeah. But if it costs them their lives, they're willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and myself also, you know, death was a very scary thing for me mm-hmm. before I knew Christ. Yeah. But when I came to know the Lord, boy... It changed my life so much. It was such a good experience with the Lord that I came to the point where I said, God, I know that I'm going to heaven. And now I know what you've done for me. I'm willing to lay down my life to get this message across so that somebody else could experience the goodness that I'm experiencing myself. Mm -hmm. You know, that is the way it is for me. And I think that's so true. And it's such a beautiful thing when you love others and you share the love of God and you're willing to lay your life down versus needing to in order to gain acceptance from God because Jesus already did that. He laid down his life for us. Call out to Jesus. Let's hear from Muhammad after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. Joining us once again is Mohammed Faridi, and he was a devout Muslim who actually learned how to speak Arabic in order to speak to Allah. 
and never felt a close relationship at all. He was just told what to do and how to pray and wash himself. And it was very much religious. And he was very skeptical and unsure if he would ever make it to heaven because in his religion, you had to die for your faith to ensure that you would go to heaven and he would beat himself up, try to be a sacrifice in order that Allah somehow would accept him. Let's welcome to the show, Muhammad. Thanks for being with us. I'm glad to be here. Now, I understand that through the beatings of yourself and sanctification, trying to sanctify yourself, you kept going deeper down in a pit to the point where you were depressed and you thought maybe if you became a martyr, you joined this revolutionary, you would somehow gain the approval and die for your faith. Tell me about that. Well, I was stuck. The more I tried to help myself to get out of this pit, the more I tried to be a better Muslim, to be mm. righteous. It was like things were just getting worse. The more I become a Muslim, the more I devote myself and dedicated myself to Islam, the more I was fading away and withering away to the point that I became suicidal. Mm. I contemplated on it and I tried to cut my veins with a knife. I tried it a few times to see how is it going to happen? How is it going to be? But the thing is that I was afraid. This fear would not leave me alone. I said, I'm living in this hell. And I thought to myself, if I kill myself, I may have escaped. But if, as a Muslim, you commit suicide, you end up in hell. So mm. it was no way out. Wow. I had no joy. I had no happiness. I had no hope yeah. in this life as a Muslim. And if I would have killed myself here, I would end up forever, eternity in hell. Wow. That was my dilemma. That was where I was stuck right. as and, a Muslim. And you joined this revolutionary and became a jihadi. And you had a big hope to fight either against America or Israel. Tell me what the stigma is behind that and what you were hoping for. So after you finish high school, there's two options. You are in university and then you do your military service or you do your military service and then you do your education. Mm. Mine was, I'm going to do my mandatory service. And as a devout Muslim, I chose to be in the Revolutionary Army. There are four branches in Iran that you can be a part and serve. I chose the most religious part of it. Mm. And being a soldier and being trained, I joined another movement called On the Path of Light. Mm. Within the Revolutionary Army of Iran, there's a movement called On the Path of Light. They take you to the war zone between the two countries of Iran and Iraq. During 1980s, Iran and Iraq fought a very bloody war. Sunni were killing Shia and Shias killing Sunni Muslim, mm -hmm. and they believed that they're going to paradise. My uncle and two of my cousins actually became martyrs mm. in that particular war. So they became the idol of the family. Wow. Mm -hmm. So we were elevated in the community we lived in. We were family of martyrs. So during this movement on the path of life, they took us to that area. And the same rituals of self-beating and self-punishment and mourning and having these martyrs for Islam... Because they're martyrs, they can be interceders. They can be mediators between you and Allah. Mm. So we were pleading our cases to these martyrs that they become somebody in the day of judgment, then Allah will have a favor on us. So mm. they took us there. I reunited my spirit with the spirit of martyrdom. Mm. And to prepare us spiritually and mentally for jihad, for martyrdom, they put us in empty tombs during the night. Mm. <sighs> And that's how we actually fought the fear of death. Wow. That's how I was prepared for the biggest and the most important and the most noble doctrine in Islam, which is jihad. Mm. 
Was it scary to be in the tombs and to just kind of be in the, I mean, you were enclosed, weren't you, in the dark? So think with me, we're in the desert. It is dark. It's pitch dark. You cannot see two feet from yourself. Mm. It is as dark and is as quiet, as silent as it could be. And then they would put us in there and then they leave. And somebody would recite the Quran. You're as close as death as you could ever get in this life. Mm. And not die. Mm. It is frightening, but that's how you are prepared. Wow. So you are preparing yourself to be a martyr, which was your ultimate hope. And what was it about America and Israel that you felt like these people are the ones we need to come against, these groups of people? Well, the belief is that Jews and the Christians, America is the great Satan and Israel is the small Satan, which is protected by the great Satan. They're the number one enemy of Islam. And all of the blame of all the problems and corruptions that are going on on the governments in Islamic countries, all of the immoralities, we blame first the Jews and oh. then the Christians, the pork eaters. Mm. Wow. So they are our enemies. And our goal, our dream is to fight them, annihilate and destroy Israel first and then ultimately America. Wow. So though you were in this revolutionary and you were ready to die, you never ended up becoming a martyr. And this brought you down even further into depression and suicidal because you were like, okay, now I can't die from being a martyr. Tell me about how you were feeling and who you reached out to during that time. So after I finished my military service, I'm 22 years old. And my dream, my goal is that hopefully a war would break between Iran and Israel or Iran and America or a Western country, that I can join that war and die an honorable death. And this is not happening. So I start saying this government is not a brave government. They're not giving us the opportunity. Mm. So as this war is being delayed and I cannot join any war, I'm still dealing with this, that what is going to happen if never a war breaks, if never I get the opportunity then I'm just going to die a death of a normal Muslim that the future is unknown. Mm. So it seemed that that year after the revolution, it was a long year of disappointment for me. Wow. And that's when I tried to kill myself and commit suicide. Wow. I was trying to figure all out and numb my pain. So every evening I would go to mosque and try to marinate myself in the Islamic doctrine to just quiet and silence my depression. So I understand in that time when you were really down, down in the dumps, you called out to a friend and on the other end, you were not expecting this friend to be a Christian, but he was. And we're going to find out what he told you and how you had your own encounter with God on our next show. Thank you so much, Muhammad, for being with us. Of course. You know, I think that there can be so much misinformation that can make someone have a passion to have hatred, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's not just the group that he was part of. There's many groups that exist in the world that form hatred rather than love. And that becomes the passion mm -hmm. and the goal in life. And so many of us, even maybe listening here, sometimes we get misdirected into the wrong vision and the wrong dream. We have to look at our lives. Is our goal towards love? Is our goal towards hatred? Mm -hmm. And if it's towards hatred at all, no matter what name you put on it, it's the wrong group to be part of. Mm -hmm. And that love is what life is about. And what I love is, is that Jesus is the God of love. Mm -hmm. And so Lord Jesus, we just pray for the audience who's listening. And we just take a moment to thank you, Lord, for the love and that we're going to hear about the love that really transformed our friend Muhammad's life. 
Lord God, we just pray right now for anyone listening and saying, I need the love of God in my life. I have hatred or I have some wrong, misdirected goals in my life. And Jesus, I need you. So Jesus, we take a moment to receive you, to believe in you, to call upon your name, and to ask for your love and forgiveness to come into our lives. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Real Life.